0: So nice to have you here. Thank you again for listening and uh, showing up each week and putting in the work. And uh, some of you are binge listening to these podcasts, which is which is kind of easy to do with these because they're typically not too long. This one happens to be a bit longer today because it's such an important topic. But before I get started, I do want to give a shout out to a couple people who have reached out to me, sharing their successes with me which I love hearing. So the first one is from Pete, who sent me an email, and he said, played in the qualifier today, got off to a poor start, got some bad bounces in the first few holes, almost went postal on number six, and I told myself to calm down, redirect, stick to your process, visualize good shots, believe that things will turn around, shot 39 on the back nine, and qualified. Your podcasts are very helpful. The one a few weeks ago on The Hamster Cage was hysterical. All the best. Pete. Well, thank you, Pete, and congratulations. I love how you redirected. You didn't give up and you stuck to the process. Okay, the other one is from someone from Instagram. This is Naomi, and she said, Thank you so much for the words of wisdom and encouragement. I discovered your podcast this summer and it has helped me so much. We played a two round club championship, and although I've been in the low handicap pairing the first day for the last three years, this was the first time I was not bumped out of the final group. After the first round, we played our final round, and boy, was it a roller coaster ride with an out of bounds and two balls in the penalty areas. I managed to hold it together, not beat myself up, and win the championship. Wow, just wow, thank you. Congratulations, Naomi. That is awesome playing. Congratulations on your club championship, but also congratulations for hanging in there and going through the ups and downs. I mean, that's what it's all about. There is no smooth sailing. You can hit balls out of bounds. You can have penalty shots and you can recover. The only way that you're not going to recover is if you mentally quit out on the golf course. And that's what happens when we start feeding into our negative thoughts. So way to go. Way to turn it around and pivot for both of you. You and Pete, congratulations on being able to manage your mind. Because I'm telling you, this is a skill that you can't unlearn. You're just giving your brain more and more evidence that you can do hard things and that you can turn things around, that you have the ability to manage your mind and your emotions. All it takes is a little bit of effort and redirecting and not giving in to those crappy thoughts that pop up inevitably during a round of golf. So congratulations to both of you guys. And these are beautiful little segues because today I want to talk about choking or pressure or playing under pressure, which are both of these scenarios right here, and hopefully you're not choking, (laughs) not on food, but over shots and on the golf course, whether it's putts or drives or bunker shots or chips or shots in front of people, because I'm going to define choking a little bit for you. I'm going to give you my spin on it. I want to talk about how we can start defining ourselves as a person who chokes and really what it means and how it can show up on the golf course for you. So if you feel like sometimes in competition that you have a tendency to choke, which means that you're not performing your best under pressure. I looked up the definition of choking. It was, it was something along the lines of just not meeting one's own expectations. I don't think that's true. So I think choking is an action that we do. It is missing a shot because we had this pressure. And when we had this pressure, we were feeling all of this tension and we might have squeezed the club really hard. We're not focusing. Our swing could have gotten a little quick because of the tension. It might have gone off path. It might've gotten shorter or longer, our stroke, but it's something that we do that comes from a feeling. And that feeling for the most part is pressure or stress, maybe fear, fear of failure, fear of embarrassment. And what we can do is we can say to ourselves, well, I don't play very well under pressure, but for me to be a competitive golfer and for me to excel in tournaments and to really play to my, ten- my potential, I need to be able to play under pressure. And then what happens is we compare ourselves to other people. They play really well under pressure. They thrive when they're under pressure. I, not so much, right? I choke. I squeeze tighter. I don't think clearly. I know I'm going to make a mistake. I already start predicting that I'm going to make a mistake before it happens. And I want to be this person who performs well under pressure. And this is the way I want to differentiate it for you, is that pressure is an emotion that shows up differently for everybody, But if that pressure is producing negative actions over the shot, nobody is going to perform well under pressure. What often happens is we look at other people and they have this putt, we watch golf on TV or you see somebody at a tournament, they're on the last hole to win and they make the putt and you say, wow, they really perform well under pressure. But we're not inside their bodies, so we don't know exactly what was going on and what they were feeling and what they were thinking. And that's the key, is if we stand over a shot and we say to ourselves, I need to make this putt, or I have to make this putt, or it's what comes after the or. I need to make this putt or I will be embarrassed, or I will feel like a failure, or I will lose the match and beat the crap out of myself, or I will be humiliated, or I will feel like I stink. It's what comes after it that places that pressure on ourselves. Someone who performs under pressure is saying to themselves, I need to make this putt and I know how to kick it into another gear and I'm going to focus. It drives that an emotion, not a pressure as much as focus and determination and motivation, where when we don't perform well under pressure, we're creating the emotion of pressure or stress or fear and that shows up in our body as a lack of focus and too much tension. So the difference between someone who we assume is playing under pressure is that they kick it into a different gear than most of us do, which is when we feel pressure, we squeeze a little bit harder, swing faster, we affect our tempo, we affect our mechanics because of that emotion. So my point is that nobody is going to play well under pressure if the emotion of pressure is creating a feeling of tension and lack of focus and all the things that go along with that that I mentioned. And really the difference is that when we feel that pressure, we can block out a lot of the things around us and really dial in our focus and become more centered and inside of yourself and you become more Attuned to exactly what is going on versus when we have pressure and now we're focusing on everything that's outside of us. We're worried about our results. We're worried about the people around us. We're worried about what it's going to mean when we miss the putt or miss the shot. That's the difference. As you watch people and you're like, oh man, they really perform well under pressure, I'm going to say that it's not creating a negative feeling in their body, it is kicking into a different gear and they're able to focus more and they can stay relaxed so that they can still make the moves that they've trained themselves to do. Now the problem is, is if you go and start defining these moments where you have pressure, creates all the tension, squeezing harder, and messes up with your tempo and you miss shots and you start defining yourself as a person who is a choker we're really going to run into some problems. You're going to have much more work to do because now you're going to start stepping into that role. It's no different than saying, I'm a person who doesn't get off to a good start or I'm a person who doesn't finish very well. I'm a person who always has a blow up hole. We start identifying as that and it's going to start becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you're going to stand over a putt and you're going to like, wow, this is the moment in time in my story where I choke. This is where I miss these. Let me show you right? We might not say the let me show you part, but that's what's going to happen because our brain wants us to be right. Our brain's like, okay, yeah, let me tap into that memory where this is where you choked in the past and let me show you how we do that because your brain loves to just do things on autopilot. So if you instruct it, like, go back to the last memory and when I choked here and I squeezed too hard and I kind of pushed the pot out to the right and I lost the turn and I felt like crap, let's do that again. (laughs) Your brain's like, happy to oblige. So we want to be on to it. So let's intercept this before we get to the point where we're starting to identify ourselves as a person who chokes under pressure. So your first thing to do is start noticing all the times I say I need to and I have to. I need to make this putt. I need to hit the fairway. I need to get up and down. I have to make this. I have to hit a good shot here. I have to play well today. You don't have to do anything other than drink water and eat every once in a while. (laughs) <laughs> right? Everything else is what we want to do. There is no shot you don't want to hit well. So I'm always intrigued on how our brain always offers up, well, I need to do this right now. Well, what did you have to do in the last shot? <laughs> right? You didn't, you didn't want to hit that one in the fairway? It's so interesting. We put more emphasis on certain shots. They all count the same, but when we start saying I need to or I have to, we make it a little bit more of a more important shot, just like I talked about in my podcast about more important tournaments, and we create a lot of commotion and and, uh, negative talking in our brain. So start paying attention to all the times that you say I need to and I have to, because if those words create pressure, then your results are not going to be very good. You're going to have a harder time bringing out all of your talent over that shot. You're going to get in your own way because of all the tension you're creating from the words "I need to" or "I have to." The second thing is to really become aware of the pressure. Right? You want to be able to sit there go, "Oh, I'm feeling myself squeeze a little bit tighter, or swing a little bit faster here, or my swing got shorter on that last one. I'm starting to feel a little bit of pressure or stress." We can become very detached. From our emotions on the golf course. And those are your indicator of what you're thinking. And those are also going to be the indicator of how fluidly and smoothly you're going to be able to swing. So you want to be very aware of it because then you can build up some tactics, which I'll talk about in a second, on countering that, on being able to get back to the place where you can make your best swing. So the second thing that I really want you to do is be aware of the pressure and how it shows up for you so that when it is showing up and and you're on the golf course and you're going through the three stages of awareness where we notice it after then we notice it while it's happening and then we can notice it and anticipate it before it happens. Then you have some tools to help you get back into a place where you swing your best versus looking at it constantly from after the fact and going, oh yeah, I think I was feeling a little bit of pressure there. This is your job if you want to take all your talent onto the golf course. This is also your job and a skill that you want to have off of the golf course, right? Because we're constantly dealing with things that we say in our life about that we need to do things or we have to do things or we're feeling pressure or stress or fear. And this is also going to serve you there. So you want to be aware of how those emotions are showing up, how those feelings are showing up for you by tuning in to what's happening in your Body. So the first one was tuning into what's happening in your head, the words I need to and I have to. The second one is tuning in to what's happening in your body by how that pressure or what those words create for you in your body. Does it serve you? Is it helping you? Is it gonna help you make a better swing or is it gonna get in your way? And then the third thing is to notice it and say, what could I have done differently? So you missed a putt and you were feeling pressure and you noticed you didn't make a very smooth swing. What could you have done differently? Now I can offer you up. A gazillion different ways, but I first want you really to ask your own brain, what could you have done differently? Usually it's going to start with what you could have said to yourself in the beginning. Maybe you could have stepped away from the ball. You could have gone through your routine again. You could focus on your routine, doing what I call crowding out, where you walk through your routine in your head to crowd out all the negative thinkings. You could have taken some deep breaths, You know, you find things that work for you. We're all different, but that's how you build up your arsenal of uh, tools and tactics so that when you're on the golf course and you're noticing the thought, I need to make this putt, and you're feeling the pressure, you have something to counter it so that you can pivot and get yourself back to being a little bit more calm or relaxed or focused over the golf ball. And then the other thing I would suggest you do is build up your focus focus muscle in your brain. There are things you can do. You can Google this for sure. I'm going to tell you one some right off the bat. Meditating. If you don't like meditating, and I'm not suggesting you need to do it for a long period of time, I'm saying you could stop right now and sit for a moment as long as you're not driving. And close your eyes and try and meditate, which just basically means you're going to quiet your brain, quiet the chatter, try and get yourself to focus basically an emptiness Your brain, your breathing, or something else, and that is building up your muscle and being able to quiet those outside thoughts and really get present and focused. Another tool I will give you is uh, using any of your senses, and you can practice this on the golf course, but I encourage you to practice it throughout the day because it helps build up that focus muscle for you. So when you need to click it in. When you need to dial it in, you can dial it in because you've practiced it. That includes looking at something so closely and with so much detail, all the different colorations and the textures. And when you make your brain focus on that, so you might grab a leaf or look at your glove or look at your golf ball your head cover and just look at it like you've never looked at it before with so much detail. You will notice your brain has to shift up into a different place for you to focus on those things. You can do that with your touch too. I talk about rubbing your two fingers together so slowly that you can feel your fingerprints. Your brain might wander just like meditation and you want to just bring it back and focus on your fingerprints. Again, you could just rub the fingers of one hand down your palm super slowly So that you feel all the indentations and calluses and grooves and moisture on your hand to make your brain do that you have to get up into where you're focusing which is where we want to be especially when we're in a state of pressure or stress because we're usually in a fight or flight mode which is in the back part of our brain and we can't focus and we can't think clearly right? Where our body's ready to fight. That's why there's so much tension. So you want to shift your focus and you want to build up that muscle on doing that because we might have a glove on that might not work. You could use the ungloved hand and rub the Velcro on the back of your glove, or you could rub your head cover. It doesn't matter. You pick something, but practice it off of the golf course too. So that when you go on the golf course, You can use it. You can also use hearing. Like if it's quiet enough, you can listen for something very, 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 very far away and then try and go another distance even a little bit further and then bring your hearing back to something that's very close to you. Try and see what can I hear that is as close to me as possible. It's usually our own breathing. That is just using one of your senses. You all are going to resonate with something different. You might be a person who's more tactical. You might use your vision more. You might be very auditory. It doesn't matter. You just want to find something that you can do and practice that off of the golf course and then see how you can use it on the golf course because you're building up all the different tools to help you get back to being focused. You know, my podcast with my brother, Dudley, I talked about how we played beer pong with the college kids at Thanksgiving. Now, beer pong was not my game. When I went to school, we played quarters. That was kind of like the game, but, and same with him. He's probably played like three times, but what happens is he was needing to make a shot and his son was talking a little bit of smack with him, right? And he just, oh yeah, I need to make it. I'll make this. And he just zoned in and dialed in to a place of focus. Now there's a lot of chatter going on. All the kids were talking right? and he could click that out and dial in. So that pressure was not in a negative sense. It was pressure in a way that kicked him into a different gear where he dialed in his focus and his motivation, and his determination. Now the kids, <laughs> right? when they get pressure on, I'm like, they could throw the ping pong ball dead sideways because they're <laughs> <laughs> because they're so tight and freaking out from the pressure of trying to have to make that cup. I used to do this with Papa Shot. I used to hang out with a lot of the mini tour guys in Orlando and some of the local places, and Papa Shot was a game that was in there. I'm not a basketball player, it's not my game, but I could do Papa Shot and I would beat all of them because I could zone in, I could block everything out. I got into this little rhythm. And I did not feel any pressure. I was really relaxed. I was very, very focused. And that's not too dissimilar from the beer pong thing. right? I was able to really focus on the basket. I was very relaxed. And I actually kicked it into another gear, a a different gear than I normally have. I'm giving you these two examples. Because there are likely things that you do where you can kick it into another gear, where you can step into a lane of focusing and determination and motivation, where you can block things out and still stay relaxed. And I want you to look for those in your everyday life and just get really curious about what you're doing there. And how can you transfer that to those moments on the golf course where you're feeling a lot of pressure or you're putting extra pressure on yourself, where it turns into more where you're squeezing the club harder and you're messing up with your tempo and you're not focused because you likely already have the skill. You just haven't transferred it out to the golf course. And if you don't have that focus skill, which I'm just going to say a lot of us don't with all the stimulation that we have from society, we just are not very good at focusing or our attention span gets shorter and shorter, I think every year, then take the time and build up that muscle on purpose for yourself, build up that muscle of increasing your ability to focus. I'm sure you can Google and find a gazillion different things to do. I just gave you a few here. But the bottom line is that choking, or anytime you claim that you choked, or you think that other people choked, it's just pressure and it's something that we do collectively as an action from that emotion, which means that we just get in our own way because of tension in our body and our inability to focus and it starts from what you have to say to yourself, which is where I want you to be curious first. And then the skill is learning how to recognize the pressure and then redirect it with some tools and tactics that we have. And I would, of course, encourage you to redirect what you say to yourself over those shots instead of saying I need to or I have to come up with something that you could have done differently or say differently. That would be I want to make this putt, but I'm going to go through my routine. And the more times I go through my routine, I make putts find those words and those phrases that work for you and then have some tools and tactics that you can rely on when you're on the golf course. And if you're already identifying yourself as a person who chokes, you're like, you think you choke on those shots, what I would encourage you to do is just start reframing the sentence in your head. You wanna start retraining your brain and finding it evidence in those moments where I don't choke. Those moments that sometimes I feel pressure and I still can perform. Sometimes I make these putts. Anything in there to start reframing the way that you're thinking about yourself as being a person who doesn't play well under pressure is going to serve you. It takes a little bit of work. There's a little bit of a method to it and a process to it. And it's breaking a habit in the way that we talk to ourselves and the things that we've trained our brain to believe about our ability to perform. But it's worth the work and it's totally possible. And if you need any help, this is what I help people with. You can go to kathyhartwood.com to find more information about that. But otherwise, your first step is always awareness. All right, my friends, no calling yourself a choker. (laughs) It's not useful. It doesn't serve you. It's going to end up being a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right. I hope you have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.